just mention a couple of announcements. Keep looking. This can be short. Can you guys handle short? It's going to be short and sweet. I don't know about sweet, but it's going to be short. Amen? So, uh, again, remember what I said last week. If it's long, it's your fault because it's taking you too long to listen, okay? But if you listen well, then I can preach really fast, okay? Does that make sense? So if you listen well, this will go really quick. Ephesians 5, 17 through 21, we're still continuing our series on the Holy Spirit. We finished up looking at the purpose of the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice this morning, just for a few moments, some evidences of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5... Verses 17 through 21, we're going to look at some evidences of the Holy Spirit. Notice what the scripture says here in Ephesians 5. He says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What does the Lord want you to do? Now notice what he says in verse number uh, 18. Don't be drunk with wine. That's a command. He says, don't get drunk because that will ruin your life. Instead, notice what he says. Will you say the next few words with me? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he makes a command. He says, this is God's will. Don't get drunk. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're really wanting to focus in on this part. He says, but here's a command. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now notice some of the evidences of being filled with the Spirit. Notice what he says will happen. He says, you'll be singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And then notice this, another evidence. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And further, notice what he says, submit one to another out of the reverence of Christ. And I don't have time to go into it all, but if you were to look at the rest of the chapter, and even in the 5 and 6, he talks about submitting one to another, wives submitting to husbands, husbands submitting to the Lord. And then he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And he talks about children obeying their parents. And so we're going to look this morning for a few moments after we pray at evidences of the Holy Spirit. And many times we think that evidences many times are, are these, you know, like, like tongues and all of these things. But can I tell you, the filling of the Spirit is very practical, okay? You guys, you guys got that? It's very practical. But in its application, it's very powerful. So let's pray. Lord, I pray you would bless your word this morning. We thank you for your word and we pray for the few moments that we have as we focus in on the scriptures and we We see the importance of being filled with the Spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, this gift that you have sent from heaven, from above, and given to us. We thank you for him. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here in our lives, and that you are present, and that you empower us, and and all the things that we see that you've done for us in in this study. But Lord, now we're going to look at some, some manifestations and some evidences that your Holy Spirit is within us. And so, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that we would be filled with the Spirit. And if we're filled with the Spirit, then here's some things that we're going to see that will be very evident in our lives. So I pray that you would bless your word. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to look at some evidences of the Holy Spirit that Paul says here. He says, when you're filled, these things are going to happen. 
Now, I'm not trying to make enemies. I'm not going to try to, you know, pick a fight or anything. But the thing is, is a lot of times when people think about being filled with the Spirit, they immediately go to a certain area or certain things, whether it's tongues or healing and all of those things. And I'm not really going to go into all of that. But what I do want you to understand is that, that Paul here is very practical. He says, if you're filled with the Spirit, there's going to be some evidences. And there's really three that he mentions here. And we're going to look at each one for just a few moments. But here's the three evidences very quickly. He says, there'll be a spirit of worship. You got that? He says, you'll have a spirit of gratitude. And there'll be a spirit of submission. We'll look at those here in a moment. But before we get there, he says, this is the will of God. In essence, God's will for us is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to have the anointing or the filling of the Spirit. And if we're filled with the Spirit, he says, then these things will be evident in your life. Here's some evidences. There's going to be, you're going to have a spirit of worship. You're going to have a spirit of gratitude, appreciation. And then also he goes into submission. Submitting one to another and, and, and homes and families. And again, let me just say this. This is, if, this is practical, but it can be so powerful. Because, you know, homes and families are falling apart. They really are. Marriages are falling apart. Homes, families falling apart. We look at, at our culture. We look at, at our society. It's a very ungrateful society. Am I right? People not appreciative, people not thankful, people not appreciative for the things that they have. And then he speaks of of worship. But he first of all makes this command. He says here in verse 17, he says, let me command you of somebody. He says, and and I like like the context. I like what Paul's saying. He's using a comparison. And, And just follow what Paul's trying to say here. He says, and don't be drunk with wine. Don't get drunk, he says, because bad things are going to happen. And by the way, when people get drunk, typically bad things happen, right? It's just the facts. You know, they can jump off high bridges and survive, you know? Have you ever noticed they can drive really well? For some reason, they think they can drive, you know? And we make light of it, but, you know, Paul says, don't get drunk. He's saying, don't Get intoxicated. Don't allow yourself, follow what I'm about to say, because I think it's the context is important. He says, don't allow yourself to be under the influence of alcohol. Are you with me? Because alcohol, there's a reason why they call it spirits. Are you with me this morning? There's a reason why they call it that. Now, it's, I'm not here to, 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 you know, to get up and you know, like hellfire and brimstone on alcohol. But I'm going to say this, that it's pretty clear in the Bible. The Bible makes it very clear that for believers, for followers of Christ, that we should not allow ourselves to be under the influence of substances. Amen? That will cause us to alter our decision-making and our abilities. And, and when we're intoxicated or when a person's drunk, they're not really in their right mind. Do we at least understand that? They're not in their right mind. They can't think clearly. Have you ever noticed something about someone who's under the influence of alcohol is a lot of times they just have no shame whatsoever. Nothing ashames them. They're not ashamed of anything. They're not embarrassed of anything. I mean, by the way, many times they're the best at whatever they do. You know, I've seen them, you know, they'll pick a fight. I've seen, you know, I, listen, I've been around and I've seen people, you know, when they're under the influence, all of a sudden you'll see a guy my size pick a fight with a guy like you know, this size, you know what I mean? And they're like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. 
you know, and they can't even walk, you know, and you're just like, oh boy, this is not going to end well. I guarantee you this, we have a number of first responders here. We have police officer, at least one that I know of, off-duty police officer, police officers, at least two that I know of. And we have a number of firemen and EMTs and paramedics. And would you agree with me that alcohol can create pretty, some pretty bad scenes, pretty bad situations? They're all nodding their head. And so Paul says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't allow yourself to be under the influence of that. He says, but rather, rather on the contrary, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the idea is this, is just like someone who's drunk or under the influence, it, basically they're being controlled by that substance. That's what's controlling them. He says, rather, you and I, followers of Jesus Christ, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. And when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God is moving you, then you're no longer being under the influence of your own flesh and your own desires, and, and, and you're now under the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit. How awesome that will be. And so he says, don't, don't fill yourself with these other things. Empty yourself of those things, but fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like I said earlier, I'll just mention this again. When someone is drunk, they have no shame whatsoever. They're not ashamed. Can I say this? If you and I are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we will not be ashamed of the gospel and we will not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. And we will not be ashamed to worship and to praise and to give honor and glory to the Lord. I'm reminded of David. David in the Old Testament when he brought back the, the Ark of the Covenant. You know what the Bible says? When he brought back the Ark of the Covenant and as he was bringing it back, it says that he danced for the Lord. I mean, he was just dancing and praising God and he was worshiping and he was having a great time and he, he loved it. And his, his wife says she looked out, she kind of looked out the palace, she looks out and she sees David and she even says to David, David, you made a fool of yourself. You're making a fool of yourself. And David said, how could I not worship and glorify and dance for the Lord? So David danced for the Lord. Nothing wrong with it. David was not ashamed of it. Yet his wife tried to shame him. And he said, huh, you're not going you're not gonna, to you're not gonna embarrass me because he was under the influence of the Spirit. Are you with me? When we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we're not ashamed of Christ. We're not ashamed to worship him. And so he says there'll be some things that are evident. The first one is this. He says that you'll worship. You'll have a spirit of worship. He says in this passage, he says that, that you'll, you'll, you'll have corporate worship where you'll sing one to another psalms and hymns. And by the way, wasn't it awesome to do that this morning? And there's something about that when we come together and we have what we call corporate worship and we're worshiping and we're singing and we're praising God. And we're worshiping him. And by the way, feel free to just worship him. Amen. Maybe some of you want to hold the TV, hold the TV, you know. Some of you want to wash the windows, wash the windows. I don't know what it is. Some of you want to clap for the Lord, clap for the Lord. It's okay. Praise the Lord. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, the Bible says. And some people just 
Some people are just very, you know, chill and relaxed. And by the way, we shouldn't judge someone else by how they worship. Somebody say amen there. We don't judge other people. We have some people who are just, yeah, praise God. And you have others who are just inside. They're saying praise God, but it's just calm. You know, like my wife and I are totally two different personalities, completely. My wife is just more reserved and more relaxed. And, you know, even if our kid, my, my kids, I mean, wrestling and sports. And there's me, I'm like, ah, crazy. My wife's like. Go, Josiah, go. Go. And then there's me, you know. My mom was the same way. My mom's very, very just more stoic. Doesn't really get into things. And she would be embarrassed because I played football and wrestled and all those things. My dad would get up in the stands. And my dad, I'm like a lot more like my dad. And he's just Mr. Crazy. And he had this cheer that he would do. Do you guys want to hear his cheer? You don't want to hear his cheer. And I would remember, I, would, I was a running back, and I remember I'd run through the hole, and I'd pick up eight, nine, ten yards or something, and, you know, and I'd get up, and I could hear him up there. And he'd be going, yeah! I don't even know where he got this. And he would shake his head, and he'd move his arm. He'd be like, yeah! And my mother, I would look up in the stands, and I could hear my dad, and I'm like, oh. And I'd look over, my mother's like crouch, hiding under the bleachers. <laughs> Just hiding. And he's up there, yeah, 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 you know? But I knew my dad was up there. I knew when he wasn't up there. We all have different personalities, but we're all called when we're filled with the Spirit to worship. It's interesting, there's corporate worship, but he also says this. He says, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. There's private worship. Maybe this is when you're in your car. Maybe you're listening to some worship music. You put some music on and you're just in your car and you're just worshiping the Lord. I can remember one time I was, when I was in Bible college, I'd always put on, you know, on my way to and from school and on my way to and from work. And a lot of times it was real early in the morning. I had like an early morning class. And I was in the suburbs of Philadelphia, um, and I, would, I remember I would, you know, like, I'm tired. I was up all night. I worked at, uh, as a server at a restaurant, working my way through college, and I'd close, get off at 12, 1, 2 in the morning, and then I would, you know, go home and shower and crash and maybe do some homework, and then I'd have, to, I'd have this first hour class. Why I chose that class, I do not know. It was like a 7 a.m. class. And I was exhausted, and I'd be tired, so i just put in some music, some worship music, sometimes have the windows down, and I would just, like, crank it, you know, and, and I would be listening and worshiping, and, and I'd be like, oh, you know, and Jesus, and God is good, and then people, I would pull up to a light, and people look over and be like, I don't know what he's on, but I want whatever he has, you know, because <laughs> they're over there, like, trying to drink their coffee, you know, and I'm just always like, woo! You know, and I, I remember those times I pulled up to light and I, I forgot. I was just in the moment. And I look over and there's people looking at me, you know, like strange, like what is wrong? Like, is this guy on something? You know, and I'm like, yes, I'm on something. I'm on the Holy Spirit. Amen. But there's a spirit of worship. He speaks of corporate worship here, but he speaks of private worship. 
And he says one of the evidences of the Holy Spirit is that we'll have this desire to worship God. To honor Him and to glorify Him. Psalm says, let everything that has breath praise God. Amen? It's important. This might make enemies, but the thing is, is if, if you have no desire to worship God, and there's just no desire, no appetite, or if you think it's strange, or you come into a church and you go, boy, these people are strange. I mean, they actually, they actually sing. Oh. These people sing. This is so weird. I hate to tell you this, but you're missing out. Because one of the evidences of the Holy Spirit is when the Spirit is in us and we're filled with the Spirit, it's going to come out. And when it comes out, you're going to want to worship God. You're going to want to praise Him and honor Him and glorify Him and just shout for Him. Amen? And it's like, God, you are so good. Isn't God good? He is. And so you'll be free to worship. We don't have time to go there, but I'm reminded of Job. In Job chapter 1, it says this. It's a powerful passage. He loses everything. We don't have time to go there, but man, he loses it all. He loses everything. How many of you somewhat know the story of Job? Job chapter 1, he loses everything. And when the messengers come back, one messenger, another messenger, another messenger, and even when he hears that his ten children died in a, basically a tornado, that they were all having dinner together and a tornado hit and he lost everything. He lost all of his wealth. He lost everything. It says this, that Job, he tore his robe, he shaved his head and he worshiped God and he basically sang a song. He said, naked I, naked I came into my mother's womb, naked I will leave. But he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. He still worshiped. You see, when you're filled with the Spirit, that even in the difficult times, you can still find time to worship. Joseph, Job worshipped even in the craziest of circumstances. And he says he did not curse God. When we're going through difficult times, one of the evidences of the filling of the Spirit is this is that we can still worship God through the tough times. Amen? We can still praise Him, honor Him, and glorify Him. He says this, not only will you have a spirit of worship, he says, but another evidence of being filled with the Spirit, being under the influence of the Holy Spirit, is you'll have a spirit of gratitude, of appreciation. Oh, man, I love this one. He says you'll be grateful. You'll be appreciative. All through scripture, Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful and praise his name. Colossians 3.15 says, Be thankful. Look at Colossians 1 here. Colossians 1 says this. It says, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. Notice this, doing what? Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. He says, always thanking the Father, to be thankful. One of the greatest evidences of the Spirit of God filling us and being within us is that we will have an attitude of gratitude, that we'll be appreciative, that we'll be thankful. 
that we will be a thankful people. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5. Notice this passage. He says this. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. Again, this is an evidence of the Spirit of God dwelling within us. That in all circumstances that we can find the ability to praise God. To thank God. We thank Him in the good times, but do we thank Him in the difficult times? To be appreciative, to be thankful, to be a grateful people. It's scary because the Bible says in the Scripture that when we are allowing ourselves to be dictated by our own flesh, we'll become ungrateful. We're doing a series in our Sunday school in Romans chapter 1, and we're not going to go to this passage, but in Romans 1.21, it talks about a society that has basically turned from God. What does a society look like that turns from God? And it was like a list of things. And one of the things it says is this, is that they were not grateful. They were not thankful. Later it goes on to talk about how kids don't honor their parents. And they're disobedient to parents. And then it, it, it goes on and gives a long list. But here's what's interesting is this, is a society that is void of God is a society that is entitled Boy, that sounds like our culture today, doesn't it? Entitled. Now I'm going to make enemies with the younger generation, but it blows my mind that you have kids who are sophomores in high school who want to make as much money as what their parents are making, you know? Well, I'm not taking that job. They only pay $18 an hour. What? (laughs) You're putting, let me see, you're putting soda into a cup. (laughs) You know, I don't want to go to college. I don't need to go to college. Or I don't want a career. I don't want to. I I want it now, you know. But we live in an, how many of you understand? We live in a very entitled society. They're entitled to have this. They're entitled, you know, like somehow because they exist, they should just have all this stuff, right? That you, that you parents worked for your whole life. Are you with me? Right? You worked your whole life for it. Somehow now they're supposed to just have it. But what we're seeing is this is the culture that we're living in, and it is a very entitled culture. But what we also see is this along with that entitlement comes really a lack of, of appreciation or gratitude. We live in a culture that's not thankful, and we're not appreciative. And what we're seeing is it's a culture void of the Spirit of God. And when you take the Holy Spirit out, what happens is this, is we're no longer a grateful people, a thankful people. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 with me. We'll put it up here. He says this. Paul tells Timothy, this is what it's going to look like in the last days, in the end times. He says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, okay, when the very end of days, in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves. That's narcissism, okay? They will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud and scoffing at God. Disobedient to their parents. 
Notice this, in what? Ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. Unloving. Walking into a school and shooting innocent boys and girls. Taking a gun and putting it to a teacher's head and saying good night in front of the children and snuffing out the life. Unloving. Unforgiving. The cancel culture that we live in. You can't even make a mistake anymore. Are you guys with me? You can't even make a mistake and you are canceled. You are done. It's over. Gone. Done. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Do we not live in a world? We live in an upside-down world. Evil is called Evil is now is good, and good is evil. It's completely backwards. It's an upside-down world. He says they will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. This is the world we live in. They act, they have religion. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Paul says... This is what it's going to look like in the end of days. But one of the things he says is that there will be a society that is ungrateful. A lack of gratitude. A lack of appreciation. Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians, he says, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be a grateful people. Amen. We're going to have an attitude of gratitude. We're going to be appreciative. We're going to be thankful. We're going to be grateful for the things that God has blessed us with. We have so much to be thankful for. Amen. Think of the think of what you've been blessed with. I mean, we have so much to be thankful for. We are blessed. And he says, if you're filled with the Spirit, you'll find the ability to be grateful and thankful, and it will flow out of you, that you will be a thankful person, that you will be appreciative and, and grateful and thankful. But he says, on the contrary, when you are allowing yourself to be under the influence of your own flesh and your own desires, what's going to happen is you're going to, you won't be grateful, you won't be thankful, and we're going to, it's going to be ugly, guys. One of the ugliest things is for a Christian to not be a thankful person. Jesus Christ died for us. Amen? He took our place. We have so much to be thankful for. We're promised eternal life in heaven. We have much to be grateful for. Are, are you with me this morning? So one of the most ugly things is when Christians are not thankful, when we are not grateful You know, it ties into our worship. So why do we worship? He says you'll have a spirit of worship. Worship comes from that gratitude that we have for what God has done for us. And so we thank him and we praise him and we give him honor. We give him glory. So we'll have a spirit of worship. We'll have a spirit of gratitude. We only have just a few moments, but he says this. There's a spirit of submission. Submitting yourselves, he says, one to another. I like that Paul put that in there. Because the old school Christians would say this. It's only the wives who are supposed to submit. It says, wives, submit to your husbands. But before he says, wives, submit to your husbands, he says, submitting one to another in the fear of the Lord. Amen? 
Can I tell you that that verse is in the Bible too? I love it when a guy's like, well, she needs to submit to me. (laughs) Pastor Joe, you need to tell her to submit to me. Well, the verse before it says, submitting one to another in the fear of God. That verse is in there too. That's it. I'm finding another church and a new pastor. Or it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. It does say that. And by the way, children, obey your parents. But it also says, fathers, don't provoke your kids to wrath. Come on. And it says, submit one to another in the fear of God. And it says, wives, submit to your husbands as the husband submits to the Lord. This is all in the scripture. So we have this responsibility that, yes, I'm to be submitting to the father. And I'm to be setting that example. But I'm also to be submitting to my wife's needs. And as I submit to my wife's needs, my wife, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, will submit to my leadership. And it's not one lording. The Bible makes it clear it's not lording over the other and saying one is over the other. No, it's not. That we're all in submission to the will of God. Amen? And that we're all submitting to the Spirit of God. And so when when we're in a spirit of submission... It's because we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And that means that maybe there's some things that my wife needs and I'm not submitting to. And the Holy Spirit says, you need to submit to this need in her life. And then as I submit to that need in her life, then she'll say, I'm going to submit to his leadership in my life. Does this make sense? And as my wife and I are submitting one to another in the fear of God and submitting to, most importantly, the Holy Spirit, then we'll be sending a godly example. And hopefully, by God's grace, our children will obey us. Amen. Says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. But again, in the end of days, the Bible says that children will no longer be submitting to their parents. And then all kinds of craziness happened. But when we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, then kids will obey their parents and honor their parents and want to reverence them and respect their parents. And parents, we won't provoke our kids to wrath. You want to know why? Because in the Greek it says this, that if we provoke them to wrath, they're the ones who pick our nursing homes. (laughs) So be careful. (laughs) That was all in the Greek, okay? (laughs) But we do. But what the Bible is saying, Paul goes through Ephesians 5, then 6, and he talks about what the home and family and the structure of the home and family is that when we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, can I say this, the home and family can be a sanctuary. There's no perfect home. There's no perfect family. There's no perfect marriage. There isn't. And everyone has this idea that there's going to be this perfect home and perfect family and perfect marriage. No, it's going to get messy and it's going to get ugly and there's going to be disagreements. But can I say this through the power of the Holy Spirit? We can still submit to one another and love one another. And you know what? We can still have a little bit of heaven on earth. Amen? And sometimes, you know, it's... My wife really wants this. I don't really want to, but you know what? I love my wife, so I'm going to do it. And sometimes it's all, 
I don't really want to listen to my parents, but, well, I love my parents, and maybe they know what's best. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they do. But they do. They're only looking out for you. Okay, I'll listen to them. And so you submit. Then you find out that maybe the party they didn't let you go to, bad things happen. I can tell you this, in my life, a number of times, I didn't really want to listen to my parents. I ended up listening to my parents because I was trying to live this. It wasn't easy. I was a high school student, played sports. I remember one time, senior year, we were playing our rivals, Central Columbia High School. I was Bloomsburg Panthers, Central Columbia, crosstown rivals. Kind of like Cedar, you know, Cedar and, and the Canyon View High. Just saying, you know what I mean? <laughs> Cedar and Canyon View, and there's this rivalry, you know. And so I remember it was my senior year, and they're like, we're going to go over, and we're, we're going to play on their field. We're going to go over, and we're going to, like, graffiti the field. I can't even tell you some of the stuff that they did. And I was like, dude, that would be awesome. That would be cool. That would be so awesome. It would be great. And somehow my dad got wind of it, and he's like, you ain't going. I was like, but, Dad, I want to go over. And he's like, you're not going. I won't go into all the details, but, one, a bunch of kids got in big trouble because it went beyond just doing some silly stuff. It got pretty bad. What really happened, though, one kid pulled out a gun, and it got really, really bad. Somebody had a gun, and they were there. They knew we were coming because kids have big mouths. And so our crew, and then one person pulled a gun, and stuff happened. Kids got in trouble. And it was one of those, like, oh, I'm so glad I listened to my dad. (laughs) I didn't want to, but I submitted, and I was like, okay, I'll listen. You see, when we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, are you with me? we got to finish. When we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he says there's going to be some things that are going to happen. Here's some evidences. You're going to have a spirit of worship. Amen. You're going to have a spirit of gratitude, being grateful, being thankful. And there'll be a spirit of submission. What's crazy is none of this is spooky stuff. Are you with me this morning? But can I tell you how, how relevant and how important it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Man, it is practical, but it is powerful. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's stand and pray this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word.